Hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of Just the Tips. I am your host, Lab Monkey, as is our customary uh, way of doing things. I will be uh, bringing this episode to you uh, by myself uh, because I have something very um, near and dear to everyone's hearts, I think, to talk to uh, you about today. And uh, interestingly enough, this particular topic was uh, brought to my attention uh, not too long ago by a discussion that was being had in one of our Senate Alliance channels. And that discussion was revolving around how many dark side versus light side relics people had on their roster. And this was something that I had never really considered. Uh, not, not, uh, I mean, not specifically anyways. Of course, there are all such sorts of subconscious considerations that one makes about their roster. Um, but consciously, I had never really taken the time to look to see exactly how many light side versus dark side relics I had on my roster. And this actually, this question led me to an interesting additional question, which is, how does one go about evaluating which characters they're going to give relics to? And so that's going to be the topic of this particular podcast episode. And I realized that this may be a lot of uh, fairly obvious information to a lot of people, especially if you're a longer time player. You have basically made this decision uh, again and again and again for your particular roster. And so I'm sure that you have a system that you kind of go through, either consciously or subconsciously, uh, with which you make those decisions. Um, and so for those players, I may not be giving a whole lot of new insight to with this, but hopefully there will be still some nuggets or maybe one little piece of evaluating uh, that you hadn't really considered before that might help you in the future. Uh, but this particular episode is more geared toward the newer and mid-game content. Uh, the players who are still trying to find their way in the game and or have found their way into the game, but are struggling to make an informed decision about what direction to take. Uh, th this game is five years old, and there are many, many different routes that one can take, even as late as, uh, <laughs> as endgame. Uh, there are still decisions that have to be made that are very impactful for many late-game players, um, especially the ones that don't spend a lot of money to just keep up with every single thing that comes out. So. With, uh, with no more ado, uh, hopefully this is somewhat helpful to everyone who's listening, or at the very least enjoyable. Uh, and if not, then I do apologize and hope that you will uh, enjoy my next episode uh, a little bit better. So anyways, um, this topic is how do I decide who I'm going to relic? And uh, just off the bat, let's, let's set some ground rules. Um, Galactic Legend and Epic Confrontation characters are not being considered in this decision tree. I'm assuming that if you have spent the resources required to get one of those characters, that you are obviously going to relic them. 
if you are for some reason not doing that uh, and you have the capacity to relic them, I, I don't know what to tell you. Maybe, <laughs> maybe DM me and tell me what your reasoning is and we can have a conversation about that. But uh, anyways, let's, let's not consider any of the GLs or the epic confrontations like Gas or Malak. Let's, let's talk more about Legendary and Below. Uh, because that's really where the, the main decision tree branches off. So um, the other caveat I'd like to throw out before I actually dive in is that remember that rosters are different and the makeup of one's roster will shift the value and or the priority on who you need to relic based on how you know your roster is currently constructed. Um, so certain characters may have a lot more value to one player versus another player, depending on what other characters they currently have available to them. And uh, I'll touch a little bit more on that briefly, I think, uh, during the main, the main part of this episode. But I just wanted to throw that out there. Remember, there is no one-size-fits-all recommendation. If anybody is out there and, and is telling you otherwise, uh, then don't listen to them because... Um, there's very little value in, in listening to someone who thinks that there's only one path in this game because there really isn't. Um, the third thing that I'd like to throw out there is that there is lots of subjectivity here. And not only will there be some objective measures that you can say, well, you know, of course, this character is better than that character and more valuable, but there will be other characters of very similar value uh, that will... Um, lend itself to a lot of subjectivity here. So uh, keep that in mind as well. The characters that I talk about and that I may or may not recommend in this episode, uh, don't take this as gospel. Um, again, there are a lot of different factors to consider. And, uh, you know, certain, certain people may not use characters the exact same way that other ones do um, in terms of what they use them to counter, whether they use offense or defense, etc. So uh, lots of subjectivity here. Um, which is why this is such a, uh, an interesting topic in my mind. So, all right, without uh, doing any more delay here, here's, here's the way that I currently break down characters in terms of who I am considering to relic. Um, for me, in my mind, a character needs to fall into at least one of these three categories to be even considered for relic on my roster. The first category is... They are a galactic legend and or epic confrontation character requirement, or perhaps even a legendary character. If you know that, I don't think there are that many legendary characters outside of Jedi Knight Luke that require relics. Uh, but you know, just to throw that out there, if the if the relics are required, then 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 they're in this list too. So, um, characters like Cad Bane, Cad Bane uh, is relic on my roster right now. And the only reason that he is Relic is because he was a requirement to be Relic for Jedi Master Kenobi. That is literally the only reason. Otherwise, he would not be Relic. Um, second category is characters that were kind of part of your early game, your very first or maybe even your second squad arena teams or fleet arena teams that you kind of needed to get off the ground before you had a GL. Um, so these are characters like Jedi Knight Revan or Padme or sometimes Sith Empire like Darth Revan. Um, these are characters that could have been your very best team at some point in the early to mid game. 
Um, and of course, you know, it's, it's perfectly fine to relic characters for that reason, to, to get higher payouts in squad and fleet arena and get, keep that crystal income flowing. Um, so that's the second category that I, that I have characters. And then the third category is kind of, uh, it is a much more inclusive category. This will be a very broad category, and this is where most of the subjectivity is. Uh, so category three is a character who is a very strong individual character who transforms their team into something much better. Or perhaps it is uh, you know, that last one or two characters that you need to complete a very strong team um, in order for them to function the way that they need to function. Um, or perhaps it's a character or characters that you need in order to complete certain missions and territory battles. Um, Shakti and the clones would be a very good example of this. Um, and until recently, you know, Shakti was, I think, the prime example of this character, where she, she's a fine enough character on her own, but the, the reason that you need to relic her above anything else is so that you can complete the Kiati Mundi mission in, in Lightside Geonosis territory battles. Um, and of course, now she is a Relic 7 requirement for Jedi Master Kenobi. So she starts fitting into multiple categories herself. But, um, so that, that's category three, is, is characters that have one or maybe two very strong individual purposes outside of, of being a requirement for something else. So um, let's, let's dive in a little bit and do a couple of examples. Uh, and then I can kind of show you where my head is at whenever I'm making my own decision trees here. So um, category one, I, I mentioned Cad Bane as, as a prime example of a galactic legend or epic confrontation requirement. Um, he doesn't have a whole lot of use. Now, granted, he has a ship that's halfway decent, and that's fine. Um, but honestly, Cad Bane in and of him, himself, like you can get away with a G12 Cad Bane um, if you don't need him for Kenobi, he's just fine at year 12. Like, there's no real reason to relic him. He's, he's a pretty poor squad character. He doesn't really fit into the bounty hunter or any scoundrel teams. Uh, he's very slow base speed. Um, his kit, it's okay. Like, he's got a double tap and he's got a stun and turn meter reduction, but nothing earth-shattering or game-breaking. So he's definitely definitely very low on my list of, of priorities to, to relic up. Um, he is kind of in the similar vein. I, I'm going to do one... I'm going to give one example of each character from each GL requirement, okay? So Princess Leia. She is not a good character, but she is going to be reliced on very, a lot of rosters. Because she is a requirement for Jedi Knight Luke, who is a requirement for Jedi Master Luke. So you're going to see a lot of Princess Leia's who are relic. I mean, that's just how it is. If you're going for Jedi Master Luke, you got to relic her. Otherwise, I wouldn't recommend it. Because she's not a very good character. Um, Captain Phasma. Uh, she is not a good character. And you should not have her relic unless you're going to get Supreme Leader Kylo. And then you have to relic her. So uh, if you see Phasma Relic, uh, you should also see a Supreme Leader Kylo on the roster. Otherwise, um, that was a very poorly constructed roster. Uh, Poe Dameron. 
uh, the the pilot, like the original Poe, the one that taunts and exposes people and then just dies because he's a terrible squad character. Uh, that Poe Dameron, uh, he's required for Galactic Legend Ray. And if you are getting Ray or have Ray, then you've got to relic him. But otherwise, don't relic him. He's bad. Um, and then lastly, Darth Maul. Um, and fortunately, we're going to get a new and improved version of Maul. Uh, but the current version that we have in the game is really bad, really sad. Very, very not worth the cost of relicking him. But if you're going to get Sith Eternal, got to relic him. So um, There are several other characters who fall into this first category, but also fall into other categories. So I, I'm going to talk about them in a little bit. Um, but those those five characters I wanted to touch on, they only singularly fall into that one category. Please don't relic them unless you're going for their GL, because they're really bad. Okay, so um, the second category is if they were part of your early to mid-game you know, squad or fleet arena teams. So characters that belong in this category would be like Jedi Knight Revan, um, who you know, is still an amazing character outside of this category. I would also put him in category three. Um, but for a lot of people, Jedi Revan was one of their first main squad arena teams, including my own. So he belongs here. Uh, Padme is another one. Uh, during the Darth Revan meta, I did not have Darth Revan. Didn't have the resources to get him. But uh, I had Padme because she kind of double dipped into fleets for me as well. Padme is able to beat Darth Revan if you mod her correctly. So she was my arena team that I climbed with to first place every day for like four or five months before I uh, was able to 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 push through to the next meta. Uh, and so Padme definitely belongs on this list. And of course now she belongs on on list one with uh, with Lord Vader requiring her. Uh, so she's starting to double dip here. And you know I would even. I would even put her into category three as just kind of a strong individual character or one that you need to complete other teams just because uh, she's got her own mission in TB. Uh, she makes those other Galactic Republic uh, pilots like Jedi Knight Anakin and Ahsoka Tano. Uh, obviously, they fit exactly perfectly into her team. And so if you're going to go for that fleet, I mean, you've got to get Padme and you really need to relic her to get her best use out of her anyway. So um, Padme is another great character that belongs in multiple categories all three i would say um but until recently i would say just you know category two and three um, is where she has resided um and then of course i would i would lump darth revan and and the whole sith empire squad into this category as well uh, as well as as category three because they're just they're just good but um a lot of people went went pretty hard for darth revan or still are going hard for darth revan um, near the beginning of their account life, and uh, he's an excellent choice. He currently, I mean, he can even counter several Galactic Legends um, himself, you know, with his team and maybe add Watt in there. Um, he's just a very, very powerful A-tier character and one that many people uh, reliced up early on in their, in their, in their careers. So um, he, he would belong in this category too. Um, this category for new players, this is a super important decision that you have to make. What is my first or what are my first few teams that I'm going to heavily invest in? What are they going to look like? I would highly recommend that you try to pick characters and teams that belong in category three or category one, as well as, as you know, category two. 
So get get double use or even triple use out of them uh, because the meta is constantly shifting and obviously Galactic Legends are the meta right now. Um, and so any teams that you're constructing that are not Galactic Legends either need to be working towards Galactic Legends or they need to be very strong and useful teams that will have a very long shelf life on your, on your account and will be worth the relics that you that you put into them early. So this is, for example, why even though Geonosians are a really strong opening play in terms of, uh, you know, the first team that you go for, you know, Geonosians can counter a lot of things if properly invested in. Um, but the issue with Geonosians is that they are very singularly focused. Like their own team is where they work. There's not a lot of use of them outside of their own team. And yes, they do provide a strong early fleet, which is another reason why a lot of people recommend going for them, and why I wouldn't fault anybody for going for Geonosians early on, because they kind of double dip. They allow you to just make one really strong squad and fleet arena team early on. So they're very good in that regard, but when you start looking at using them outside of Category 2, uh, none of them are Galactic Legend or Epic Confrontation requirements. Uh, they are required for the Watt Tambor mission, so you do need to invest in them at some point at a certain level, but uh, I can tell you that my Geonosians are all still Gear 12, and I can complete the Watt mission just fine with that. Um, and so the, the, the amount of return on investment for Geonosians for me at, at this stage is is not high enough for me to warrant working on them anymore right now. Um, eventually, I will want to relic at least a couple members of their team uh, for the very last part of Darkside GOTB, um, as well as just you know having them as a more usable team in Grand Arena. But um, they're not in terms of return on investment. They just really don't. They don't hit any of the other categories as well as some of these other teams, and so. Just remember that when you're choosing your first or second squad arena teams that you're going to work on, remember to try to get as much as much double dip and triple dip action as you can um, out of those teams because that's going to set you up for long-term success. Okay, so um, I've kind of rambled on about that a little bit more than I wanted to, so let's move on to the third category. This is the meat and potatoes anyways. Um, the third category is strong individual characters or... You know, characters that you kind of have to use to finish in order to make a strong team that you already have other parts of. Um, or, you know, maybe some TB requirement like Shakti and clones, for instance, uh, or Geonosians uh, for, <laughs> for Wat Tambor, although you don't really need to relic them for him. So let's talk about the characters that are in this list for me. Um, I, I wrote a couple of them down. So Dark Trooper is, is one of these characters. He is not a Galactic Legend requirement. He is not, uh, at least until recently, Troopers were certainly not a viable opening uh, early game team that you would want to create. Um, but Dark Trooper himself is absolutely fantastic because with him, you transform the Trooper team um, along with him and Piet. Uh, you kind of need both of them, but 
Um, those two characters have really revitalized the trooper faction well beyond what they used to be able to do. So um, before those two characters, troopers were kind of relegated to uh, Night Sister and or Bounty Hunter killing team. Uh, you could kill them for, for 60 banners in Grand Arena pretty reliably, but you know, do you do you really want to invest all the gear and, and farming that you and mods that you need um, to make that trooper team, you know, just beat another B tier team? Um, the value is not really there. However, with the addition of Piet and Dark Trooper, uh, now your Imperial Trooper team with not super heavy mod investment can reliably kill teams like Darth Revan. And, and I'm not even going to mention, or not even going to go over the Sith uh, Eternal Emperor counter, because that counter is almost certainly going away here in the next month because of the changes that CG announced. But even still, if I can use one singular fast speed set on my troopers team, and then put a bunch of slower offense-heavy mods on the other guys, and I can reliably kill a Darth Revan team, like a full relic Darth Revan team, fast Darth Revan and everything, all I have to do is have Piet go first, and he's got a 20-speed head start on him because of your lead. So as long as I can invest one decent mod set on Piet, um, everything else is really cheap for killing a Darth Revan squad. That you know, Darth Revan has been a thorn in, in the side of GAC players for for years now. He's been he's been kind of the gatekeeper between the the A tier teams and and the the Galactic Legend type teams, and so. Being able to kill him reliably with Imperial Troopers is a, a huge punch up, in my opinion. And Dark Trooper and and to a lesser extent Piet are are what allows that counter to happen. So Dark Trooper, uh, huge value to that faction. Uh, the fact that other troopers are required for the Sith Eternal form anyways propels him to to a must relic status at some point in my mind. And actually, he's he's actually my most recently relic character, uh, and so so I guess that's why he was forefront on my mind. Um, so other characters that kind of similarly fit this mold, Commander Ahsoka Tano. Uh, now I realize not everyone is going to have her. You, obviously, only people who are four million GP and above have even had a chance to unlock her yet, and you have to do exceedingly well in conquest uh, thus far to have gotten her. But um, Eventually, more people are going to end up unlocking her, and she is an exceedingly powerful character that goes in multiple different teams, um, makes each of those teams much, much stronger, allows for counters that wouldn't, wouldn't be possible without her otherwise. Um, she, is, she is an extremely powerful individual character that should absolutely be relic um, and <laughs> I, I took her to relic within three minutes of unlocking her um, that's how insanely good her kid is and I don't even have uh, I don't have <laughs> Beskar Mando and I don't have Galactic Legend Ray, two of the best teams that she goes with um, and I still just went straight for her because her kid is timeless her kit will fit into the meta somewhere for years to come so absolutely invest in her, even though she's not technically required for anything beyond herself. Um, two other characters that are a little bit changing gears, I would say, uh, would be Nest and Old Daka. Now, these are more questionable, more subjective relics, and certainly not everybody is going to want to relic these characters, depending on where they are in the game. 
But I can tell you, um, I have relicked both of them, and I have gotten definitely uh, more return on my investment than you know than I than I put in, um, and and that's because of their unique kits and the way that they allow me to craft my offenses and defenses in Grand Arena and allow me to take out sometimes fully relicked five man teams with <laughs> with basically just them relic. So in the case of Nest, I took her to Relic level seven, which is a very heavy investment. I've got all six dot mods on her. Uh, tenacity and offense are as high as I can possibly get with a lot of health secondaries. She allows me to solo um, many, many B tier teams in Grand Arena. I have gotten 63 banners with her, just her on quite a few different teams, including bad mod Mothma teams. Um, all the way up to even Padme teams. Certain Padme teams are nest food if you have her modded correctly. So considering the amount of investment that I put into nest versus being able to take out an entire relic Padme squad, that's 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 really good return on investment. So uh, even though nest doesn't really lead to anything, uh, she's not required for anything. She's so powerful in and of herself that if you are a Grand Arena fanatic like me, I would definitely recommend considering the heavy gear investment that she requires and mod investment in order to get her up and running because she's such a powerful tool to have. Uh, in the same way, old Daka, she doesn't solo things, not technically anyways, but if you relic her and give her a good health mod set, sometimes crit avoid arrow, if, if, if you want to go that route, that's a pretty good route too. Um, she can basically single-handedly kill a, a very high investment general Grievous team especially the BB-8 versions that people like to set to prevent other counters. So uh, basically, Old Daka revives all of her other Night Sister counterparts, and her cooldowns get reset every time Night Sisters die. So General Grievous AoEs, kills the other four Night Sisters, Old Daka survives, gets her bonus turn meter, she goes, she revives everyone, somebody else dies, her, her cooldowns get reduced, Basically, rinse and repeat until uh, Mother Talzin's Plague does its job. Um, so it's, it's, a, it's not a 100% counter, but it's reliable enough that I've used it multiple times in Grand Arena uh, against specific opponents. It allows me to set a much more difficult defense while still being able to clear a, a relatively difficult General Grievous team that I otherwise would not be able to. So Old Daka, very good investment. Additionally, allows you to complete uh, Tier 1 of the Night Sister Assault battle. Um, just a really good return on, on investment for one Relic character. So consider Daka if you have a Night Sister team at all, but just haven't pulled the trigger on her. She's, she's a way to get you know, a usable, complete team for a low investment. So. Um, so let's talk about characters that fit into all of these categories. These are the primo characters that you should be heavily considering when constructing your early game roster. So I've written down three of them. There, there are more than three, but I'm not going to belabor this podcast any longer than I need to. So um, the, first, the first character is Darth Vader. Now, <clears throat> I know that Darth Vader is going to get changed fairly soon, um, but his, his kit will largely stay the same in terms of what he does for you. He just might not be able to uh, kill Galactic Legend Ray quite as easily especially without his partner in crime, who I'm also about to talk to. 
So um, Darth Vader, he fits in all of these categories. He's, he's a requirement to get Jedi Knight Luke. Um, he's an absolute monster as a first or second squad arena team. If you're going Empire Fleet first, his ship is critical for that fleet as well. And, I mean, you're going to get value out of him throughout the entire game. His, his Merciless Massacre that he got reworked uh, to, to get is an insane ability. It's like Galactic Legend level insane. If he had that Galactic Legend unique tag that all of the other GLs have, he would be a Galactic Legend, like no question about it. That's how powerful he is. So Darth Vader fits into all three categories. Absolutely invest him, relic him if you haven't already. He is a monster. Uh, in addition, uh, Grand Admiral Thrawn, his partner in crime, uh, he is losing the ability to fracture Galactic Legends here at some point, but um, Thrawn's kit is so incredibly well done. He is... He, he, it's hard to overstate how useful he is. He can lock down another character for like something like three or four turns, basically rendering them you know useless. So you can take down your opponent's you know biggest threat. Um, you can control it while you're taking down the side pieces, and then allow your entire team to to fully concentrate on that threat once fracture comes out. Of course, he uh, he's very good at taking advantage of ability blocks by stunning them with an irresistible stun on his basic. Um, the turn meter swap and protection regain is amazing for uh, theory crafting, allowing for counters, uh, allowing other characters uh, to outspeed uh, your opponents when they otherwise wouldn't. Um, just, just an incredible piece. Additionally, he is, of course, required for Sith Eternal Emperor, uh, and uh, he would no doubt be an excellent uh, part of any early game squad arena team, and he's a fleet commander as well. So. Um, I'm not saying that his capital ship is the best. Uh, it certainly isn't, uh, but it's definitely usable, especially in early game. And so when you're looking to be efficient, Thrawn is, is an excellent way to do that. He just, he provides so much. Um, and then Grandmaster Yoda. Um, he also fits into all three of these categories. Of course, you have to make him Relic 8 to be able to get Jedi Master Kenobi. Um, he is absolutely a part of any early game Jedi teams. He's very easy. His event is very easy to get. You just have to, you know, have five Jedi farmed up. Um, he is uh, exceedingly powerful with the, the turn meter manipulation, the foresight, the buff spreading, and the special damage. He is just a monster. Absolutely relic him um, as soon as you have a usable Jedi team. Um, so those are, those, are, those are the characters that I had written down to, to absolutely talk about, uh, regardless of, of what your account is, is looking like at, at the present state. Um, these, these three characters will help you if you do not already have them relic, and I highly encourage that you do that. Um, so, in closing, um, I would like to, to note that, again, categories two and three are, are the ones that tend to lead to variation in people's accounts. Uh, category one is static. Like, Either they're required for something bigger or they're not, right? And so you're going to see basically every account that has, you know, the end game character is going to have these worthless or near worthless relic characters. So there's not really a whole lot of choice in, in that regard. But, um, and, and additionally, category two is mostly set for, for most of you who are listening to this. 
Um, you've pretty much already probably passed early or mid-game. And if you haven't, that's fine. Uh, hopefully this has given you something to think about. But the majority of players have kind of first two categories. They don't have a lot to say about it. It really is category three where where strong individual characters or, or one or two characters to complete a team that, is, that you otherwise have parts for, um, that's really where the choices lie. And, and that's where you want to be focusing your, your strategy and your decision-making power um, is on this particular category right here. Um, so just to give you a little bit of insight on what I'm currently thinking about my roster, uh, my roster is 5 million GP, and I just recently got my third Galactic Legend. So I have Jedi Master Kenobi now. I'm currently farming his ultimate mats. Could have that in about a week or so. But um, in terms of where I'm going next, uh, obviously with the changes that CG has announced and the new characters, um, I will be looking at more Galactic Legends um, and also the, the newest capital ship that's been announced that is almost certainly going to be the meta. The fleet meta is extremely stale, has been for the last year and a half. And so um, I have no doubt that they're going to make the executor the most powerful ship. And so that's kind of where my decision-making has largely pointed now. Um, I am going to be saving up for requirements on that so that I do not fall behind in the fleet arena and or the fleet GAC meta. Uh, that's very important to me, and uh, I don't see as much return on investment on any other path that I go to, at least immediately, and this will allow me to continue to protect my current uh, income in the in the fleet game. So um, that's kind of where I'm pointed right now. Um, there are some other characters that I've had my eye on for a very long time and have been thinking about investing in uh, for the last <laughs> year or so, or maybe even more. So uh, I'll just give you a little bit of insight into those characters. Uh, there are two Jedi that I know I want, but I'm not sure that they ever quite meet my my neck. This is the next character that I'm going to relic, my, the, that sort of requirement. So um, Basta Lashan, the, the light side version, um, obviously very powerful uh, piece of the Jedi Knight Revan, Jedi Knight Luke uh, counter uh, to SLKR. Um, I have never found the the bandwidth to relic her. She's sitting at G11 looking for stun guns. Um, in a similar vein, Joe Lee uh, is also sitting at G at gear 11 for me. I, I've never found the bandwidth to complete my Jedi Knight Revan team um, and be able to move other Jedi off of that team onto a different team. Um, I, I do think that it's a very, those are valuable relics to have. They will give me a lot of flexibility, both in TB and GAC. And I certainly would want to get them. Uh, the only issue is, you know, what's the opportunity cost? What am I giving up to, to relic them versus something else? And, and they've never just quite, quite hit that, that top slot of this is, this is who I'm relicking next. Um, maybe they will in the future. We will see. Um, but that will probably happen. If it does happen, it will be after Executor for sure. Um, although I'm probably, honestly, with the changes that are coming, I'm probably looking at going for Ray next. We will see. Um, speaking of resistance, those are that's kind of the other two characters that I've been looking at for a long time. Obviously, with having Jedi Master Luke on my roster, uh, I have a Relic 7 Jedi Training Ray. And uh, 
I also have Relic 7 R2-D2, um, and I have a Relic 3 Veteran Han, because those are all requirements for the different Galactic Legends that I have. Um, but so far, I have only brought BB-8 to Gear 11, and um, I have not farmed either of the Resistance heroes, either Finn or Poe, that go so well with Jedi Training Ray and allow her to punch up on certain teams and or provide a much heftier resistance. Um, <laughs> you see what I did there? Uh, on defense. And so uh, those two, specifically BB-8 and the Resistance Heroes, those, those characters are ones that I've had in my mind for a very long time. I want to get them relics so that I can do more with my Jedi Training Ray team than just B-tier teams like Bounty Hunters and, and First Order um, that are on defense. Um, and eventually I do want to get to them. And if I do go to Galactic Legend Ray, then I will have to get to them. But... Um, they've been on the back burner for me as well, uh, just because they haven't quite met uh, the the level of of usefulness. Um, besides just being requirements for a GL that that I require uh, at my roster's uh, current state, you know, I, I I have a lot of other characters that I can go for that would help me out tremendously, and they just haven't made it to the list yet. But certainly very powerful characters and certainly worth uh, looking at, especially if you're thinking about going for Galactic Legend Ray in the near future. And she looks like she is definitely going to be a huge force after all of these changes go through, uh, and, which is why I'm, I'm highly considering going after her next, because uh, putting her with Commander Sokotano um, on defense is going to be a nightmare for a lot of players. So. Um, so that was a, a very small uh, detour. Um, just wanted to kind of let you know that I struggle with the same sort of decisions that everyone else struggles with in terms of where do I invest my resources. I really want to push these green buttons and make my roster stronger, but at the same time, I also want to make good, informed decisions that give me an advantage uh, competitively, both in territory wars, grand arenas, and and squad arena. So. Um, that is going to wrap up this episode. Uh, hopefully it was at least somewhat helpful to you. Um, this is always such a huge topic of discussion um, in, in pretty much all of the main channels. Somebody will ask some sort of variation on this question. And so I really encourage you um, to try to break down the decision into, well, how universal is this character? How many different uses am I going to get out of them? And how, how long of a life does this character's kit uh, look to have? Um, that, is, that is one thing that I didn't really get to touch on very much. But definitely keep that in mind when you're making your decisions that characters' kits, some kits are more timeless than others. Uh, and, and, and that is a very large factor uh, for me in determining who I am going to invest in if they are not part of a uh, GL or EC requirement. So um, with that, I will sign off. Uh, please, if you have questions uh, or any comments or anything at all, don't hesitate to tag me or DM me in Discord. You guys know how to get in touch with me. Um, and uh, thanks for listening. Peace out.